I'm Jakub Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled Boost, a series specifically created to boost businesses in South Africa by letting passionate and committed business people share their stories. In this episode, we're talking about it, believe it or not, sharks. I'm joined by Dr. Sarah Andriotti, the CEO of Shark Safe Barrier PTY Limited. Sarah, welcome. Um, please tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your background? Well, I'm a marine biologist, and I've been studying sharks for most of my career. And I just love these animals. Uh, I, I'm an Italian, and I moved to South Africa following my passion for sharks and white sharks in particular. Okay. And I did a PhD on white shark genetic and population estimate at Stellenbosch University. So I, I literally follow this animal all over across the world, trying to, to know them better. Okay, fantastic. So I actually read such a um, interesting or pertinent uh, thing this morning where it said anything you truly love, you should share. So and I can see that when you start talking about the sharks, your eyes just light up. So let's get to it. Um, shark safe barrier. What does it do? Well, technically, it does a lot of things. But the main thing Shark Safe Barrier does is keeping large sharks separated from surfers and swimmers so that we can allow people to enjoy the ocean without these fear for sharks. And we allow the sharks to survive instead of being killed by shark nets and drumline that are currently used for the Kurit Beach protection. Okay, um, and and as a, as a business, so how did the business start? Uh, it, uh, as I mentioned, I was doing my PhD at Stellenbosch University, and as we were counting these animals, these white sharks, we found out that there weren't as many as we thought there were. We thought we would uh, we were working, you know, in the white shark capital of the world, but instead, when we reach a count of just over four hundred sharks, we couldn't find new one anymore. We were identifying this animal by the dorsal fin, which has unique features that allow us to identify one from the other. And by looking at this lot, we realized that these animals are in much bigger troubles than we previously thought. And they, because they are at the top of the food chain, you know, they are uh, subjected to overfishing of their food resources and overfishing of them as well. And although they are protected, they're still very vulnerable to a lot of human-related threats. And one of these is the fact that we allow in Kazulu Natal to kill white shark for beach protection. So this idea started in Australia, really, in 1936, and then was imported in South Africa in the 1950s. And that idea is the more shark we kill, the least encounter between shark and humans we are going to see. So we started putting down in Australia and South Africa shark net. I say we as human, you know. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> so these, these shark nets are gill nets. They don't provide a real barrier between sharks and people. They are very large mesh, also called gill nets. And they are designed to trap and suffocate the shark uh, as soon as the animal crosses them. But these nets are also killing a lot of other marine animals, dolphins, turtles, whales. Now, you name it, these nets are not specifically 
killing shark. And even where they do kill shark, that's an even bigger issue, in my view, because these animals are so important. So sorry for the long introduction. No, but no, that no. Is I'm where, loving this. You know, this is great. Where, where this idea came from is to copy from nature and trying to put in the water something that the shark can recognize as a barrier naturally. And we did some study, and Michael Ratzen is a, used to be a South African fisherman, now he's a South African conservationist, that have been observing white shark in the natural environment for decades. And they figure out that, you know, they don't like thick forest of kelp. And if you speak with spear fishermen, they're also going to tell you that white sharks don't like to get themselves into thick forest of kelp, this big brown seaweed that we have in South Africa. So we started from there and we started building barriers that resemble a thick forest of kelp. And then we started collaborating with an American scientist that uh, was studying how magnets can also deter sharks because they have a very unique sense around the nose that allows them to feel electric and magnetic field in the water. So if you put a large magnet in the water, that works as a shark deterrent. And we combine these two well-known shark deterrent systems into the shark's head barrier to create something that the shark visually sees as a barrier. And if they come too close, the magnet that we put inside this barrier also deters them and pushes them away by overwhelming this uh, sense that they only have. So that is a journey that started in 2012 when we com- started combining these two. And I think an interesting journey. <laughs> and yeah, that's what I'm working on right now. So, so can I ask you? Um, you mentioned that um, the shark sits at the, at the top of the food chain. What is the yes. implication um, to the food chain if if sharks don't exist anymore? Oh, it's huge. We can barely grasp it. You know, if you look at the college theory what we expect to happen without a very large predator like white shark is the next level of predators that are seals and dolphins and other species of shark to increase their number and also increase the area they're going to swim. When you have a large predators in, a, in an environment, what happens is that their prey are not going to swim everywhere. They're only going to swim in certain places where they are a bit safer. The, if you remove this top predator from the environment, the next level of predators, these prey, are not just going to increase their number, they're going to start swimming everywhere. So they're going to eat more and they're going to eat in places where they weren't eating before. So what we are expecting you know, without white shark is a decrease, is an increase in seals, increasing other smaller sharks, which will in turn cause a decline in smaller fishes, which happen to be our fishery target. So that will have an implication for our fishery industry as well. And all the way down to the entire ecosystem, all the way down to the now oxygen level that the ocean can, can, can make for us. So it is a delicate balance that is already under threat with the ongoing climate change and pollution and you know you name it if you take the top predators out of it it's going to just speed up a disaster 
Okay, well, and it's, so it actually pertains to everybody that goes on holiday in Durban or Cape Town um, uh, that like a, a sea holiday like we do in South Africa. Um, it, it's actually very important for, for every single person, even, even if you think you're afraid of sharks, it's very, very important to have them um, uh, in the water. Yes, um, at the moment in Kazulu Natal we have shark nets that have been killing sharks since 1950. Some of these shark nets have been replaced with tram line, which are large commercial hooks with a fish on it because that would reduce the catches on whales and turtles and will specifically target the killing of sharks. So, yeah, it's we shouldn't be killing animals because we are afraid of them. And it's a such a you know, straightforward concept if we think about top predator on, on land. Yeah. And yet we are doing exactly that at sea. And, and few people realize that. The way shark nets are portrayed in the media are often very vague. People think that they are a barrier to keep people away from sharks. They think... Um, they are a continuous net, but, but they're not. And, you know, these information are available in Kazulu Natal Shark Board website. They are stating what the nets are for, but very few people go and look for it. Okay, so, so let's move then on to, so, so you guys did all of this research and then um, you, you developed this technology and um, you turned it into a business. So yeah. who are your typical customers? Who's the, who's your, who would be Shock Safe Barriers customers that you're targeting? We are trying to solve this problem of shark nets. So we are targeting municipalities in South Africa, Australia, and the Union Island, and New Caledonia, and all of these places that are actively putting money in to kill sharks for beach protection, that's our main target because we need to solve this problem. But as we started working on that, we realized that we can be an interesting uh, product also for uh, hotel owners and people that have, you know, ship cruises that they want to protect the little private beach for their customers and they don't want to ruin the environment in the process. So we are now expanding a little bit our target market going from the municipality, including also the, the private. But our ultimate goal would be to, you know, promote this more peaceful coexistence between human and sharks. So sharks don't get killed. Human don't have the trauma of getting into the water with sharks. And, and, and we start from there. You know, that you can speak about shark conservation and all of that about. Um, so, and in what would you say are the biggest hurdles um, that your business faces on a on a daily basis? Well, one of them is trying to promote and you know, launch on the market a new product that had never been existing before. It's like trying to sell cars for the first time when everyone is quite pleased with their horses. So we, we go to the municipality and we explain what you're doing and we explain all the benefits in the long term um, of, of the sharks and barrier compared to shark nets. And most of the time the feedback is, yeah, but we've been killing sharks for so long. 
you know, and, and we have people working on that. And it sounds like a new technology. We're not sure. Did you test it? And so we, we did test it for sharks, and we did all the prototyping, and we did the first commercial export uh, in the Reunion Island two years ago. And our products were is, was in the water for the two years of the test, and then had to be removed because the research permit expired from from this French. Uh, so we, we, we prove it, we, we prove it quite well, but it is a new product. So it is about who's going to be the, the first large installation and we can take it from there. And we are a startup. So, you know, all of the challenges that goes with being a startup is um, we are not many working on it. But but if I if I understood the the information that you shared with us, so so my perception is, is as the business grows, that will obviously create opportunity uh, job opportunities in those communities where where you where you deploy your your product. Absolutely, and it's the more we are working on that, the more we see that we started to this business to save the sharks and then to make people comfortable to go surfing. And now we're realizing that it will have a knockdown effect on all of society. In South Africa, we have our company, that um, the manufacturing companies, Lab Scheme Olcan in, uh, in Maitland. And they have, are employing around 25 people to, to build well, to, to do their business, really, but to also build our pipes and to make an installation, we're going to need maybe 5,000 of these pipes. Yeah. So it is job creation and it is uh, skill uplifting to learn how to you know, weld the HDPE plastic and do the, the stainless steel welding. So we will have job creation in South Africa. And where we are going to export this product, we are going to train a local team okay. to do the ongoing monitor and maintenance of the installation so it will be job creation there and then you know i'm, I'm a scientist by, by training marine biologist so i want that to be a, a tool to also start research on the artificial reef that we are creating okay. and teach people about sharks because the moment to take the trauma away and people can turn around and say yes but they can bite us you know you take that away and then you can start speaking about Everything else that makes these animals so important and fairly so cool. It, it just sounds like there's so many, so many positives that can come out of this. Um, we definitely need to do something about that. So let me ask you this question. In, in your mind, in the shark safe future, if you, if you were to describe your, your perfect future for us, let's say three or five years from now, what, what would that look like? It will like, it will look like, where these shark nets and drumline will start belonging into museum, natural science museum, showing how we used to deal with the problem. And we won't have any of these in the water anymore. Uh, we will have the sharks and barrier deploy where surfers and swimmers want to enjoy the ocean. And they don't see that being deployed everywhere. Now, some places, shark spotters works just fine. Uh, shark save will go where, in places where it is needed. And it will create a little artificial reef. So it will become almost a tourism attraction on its own uh, because it's we, the one we installed in Reunion is just magnificent. If you go on YouTube and you look for Shark Safe Barrier Reunion, you will see how all these fishes go through the pipes. And 
I just see that sparking a more positive discussion around sharks and how important they are for the ecosystem and how we should start treating them like we treat other predators with respect and not with fear. So that's how I see it going. Okay, that's quite a nice picture. Um, so we always like to make things practical. Um, mm-hmm. we, we, we are trying to, to boost businesses on this, uh, podcast. So how can, how can our audience help? What, what can we do to, uh, to boost your business? It, look, uh, because it's such a new product, uh, and the government seems to be very, um, change adverse in a way, I see this working well, if we will start creating a sort of bottom-up movement where people find us on, on Facebook, we have a Sharks and Barrier Facebook page and Instagram and start sharing that this product exists, this alternative exists, it's out there, we tested it, we, um, we build it strong and then start convincing the government or not when you go and vote try to vote for parties that have an eye towards sustainability blue economy and you know, ecology helping the, the ecology so that is is one thing of course if people want to support by you now buying t-shirt and they can go on our website and promote what we are doing by getting a hat on a t-shirt but yeah, I think uh, outreach and getting more people to know about us is the best that people can help us uh, as well. So look, um, and I think for me, the the critical thing that came out of this morning is is that as citizens of this country and like you said uh, there's a bigger picture because your product can go worldwide but um, South Africa is great when it comes to innovation and, and we need to take things seriously and, and every single one of us um, should care about making sure that we have sharks in the water and um, and I think definitely there's a lot of people that that's probably in the tourism business in the surfing business in the uh, that live in those communities that you're talking about that that um, can start making influence so i think that would be the the, be the call that we put out and then um, we're going to share um, your uh, website details and uh, youtube details when we when we uh, publish the the podcast later today and then uh, we're going to ask everybody to come and uh, yeah let's start with the merchandise and see if we can uh, if we can if we can boost super that would be fantastic okay thank you very much thank you sora that was that was lovely and i'm i'm very honored to have you as our first guest and thank you for reaching out and this was such a such a lovely conversation to be, to be having I, I really appreciate it lovely thank you so much thank you uh, thank you for listening to unbundled uh, boost brought to you by catalytic a series that uh, aims to uh, improve business uh, availability in South Africa. Remember, you can listen to the podcast on the Cliff Central app and website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you can listen. And then, um, yeah, if you want to know what we're up to, please come and check out catalytic.co.za. Thank you. Cliffcentral.com.